0: hey guys how are you this is aj galanti former president of the danbury trashers and i'm coming up on the i only touch greatness podcast with my buddies and be sure to catch our netflix documentary untold crime and penalties looking for the most beers on tap great steaks great staff head over to the john b pub
1: we got the best beers steaks Chicken wings, nachos in town. Come see us at the John B. Pub. The John B. Pub, the best bar in town. Come sign up for our football pool. Say hey, St.
0: You. The number one sports podcast in Vancouver with Ryan Hayes and Big Mike. Ryan Hayes and Big Mike are taking over the podcast scene in Vancouver. Get down or lay down. Hey buddy, how you doing? Good,
1: how you doing? Good, so you like the Seahawks? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, can you tell? <laughs> that's I, good, I, I even went ahead and put the uh, Pittsburgh game and the Raiders on in the background just so I can watch it and let you know what's going on.
0: Alright, good, yeah, I gotta hop on when I'm done. Yeah, I'm yeah. so busy, I don't even think I'm gonna be able to watch
1: it, but... yeah. So I'm Ryan, by the way, I'm the one that's been talking to you, I'm joined with Big Mike, my co-host.
0: How
2: you hey, doing, guys? Good, good. Thank you very much uh, for taking the
0: time for us today. We appreciate it. No, of course, man. I I appreciate the patience. It's just been insane. Trying to trying to, you know, make time for everyone. No. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: And that's for sure. Um, we were wondering like how many of these are you're doing a
0: day? You just going, 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 going. I'm trying to be a workhorse, man. That's how I used to play. I was a grinder. So, you know, you just gotta you just gotta keep grinding it out and uh you know, just trying to, like I said, I, I feel um, I feel like anyone who who, who thinks so highly of the story and stuff, I feel like I owe it to them to, you know, always
2: give people the time, you know? That's a
1: good way to look at it.
2: It is. I they will uh, shoot the first w- question. Yeah, so uh, born in New York, uh, what sports did you play growing up other than hockey? I know uh, you were pretty good at hockey. Uh, tell us a little bit about your career with hockey and your injury.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I played basically every sport growing up, you know, I mean, football, basketball, baseball, even soccer for a little bit. Um, But hockey, you know, like I said, I mean, I I got kind of hooked early, like probably, probably I was eight, nine years old, you know, I I, I started like kind of street hockey in my in my in my driveway, you know, we got a little net and stuff. And, you know, I, I write, I'm a right handed person, but I guess in hockey, I shoot lefty. So, when the guy at the, you know, shows you how little I knew about hockey, they asked me, Oh, what are you righty or lefty? I said, righty. They gave me a righty stick and I was holding it like a left-hander. So it was like (laughs) my forehand was my backhand. So I was like, why, why the hell can't I lift the puck? I'm like, this is crazy. And then finally someone, (laughs) someone's like, dude, you got, you you got the wrong type of stick. So that shows you how, how, you know, naive I was, um, you know, when I first started.
1: Yeah. And, uh, have you ever been to Vancouver?
0: Never, but, uh, you know, I know Brad Wingfield's from out there and, and, uh, you know, I know when, when I I was involved with, with hockey, with the pros, it was always like where the toughest boys come from in Canada. And then you'd have like the BC guys, and then you'd got the Alberta guys, Saskatchewan, you know, then you got the French guys. So I, I kind of learned very early on that, that, uh, that rivalry is there, but I, I gotta tell you, I think, uh, Maybe I sound biased, but I think uh, I think you guys got it.
1: You know, definitely <laughs> the Western Canadian guys are always the toughest ones. The more
0: skilled ones are all the East Coast guys. Yeah, yeah, that's what I learned very early on, and it was uh, it was funny when um, that's you know when we had John Morassi and, and Brad Wingfield together, they would always be bickering, you know, about Vancouver. And <laughs> I think I think John's from Saskatchewan or something, so they would be uh, they they be. The rivalry, it was
2: subtle, but it was there. It, it was funny to watch. Okay. So uh, with the documentary, uh, that's absolutely killing it right now on Netflix. Like, How did it all come to? And when did you guys uh, come up with the idea? Well, to be honest with you,
0: um, Mike, it wasn't our idea at all. They approached us, I think it was uh, late 2018. Um, I, got an, I got an email from uh, McLean Way, who's actually one of the Way brothers who they you know produced the whole untold series for netflix all five episodes and um you know they reached out i kind of ignored him you know he kept emailing me emailing finally i was just like you know what let me not be an asshole i i I called him and he pitched it. he's like listen he's like give me a minute to pitch this and um you know he told us that netflix contracted them for this series and um you know, they had Malice in the Palace, the Christy Martin. You know, he, he was naming all the stories. And uh, he's like, we need the trashers. I'm just like, the trashers, I was like, that's like kind of a local regional story. I mean, how is this going to stack up with bigger stories? He's like, no, 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 trust me. We're going to blow this up if you let us do it. So me and my dad thought about it. And, uh, you know, me and him, since he's been out, you know, when he got out of prison, I mean, we never really kind of worked till like, I kind of put this story to bed. And we've, you know, now it's, I don't think it's to bed now all of a sudden, but, you know, we, we were like, you know what, let's just do it. Put this thing to bed and, and move on. And, um, we agreed to do it. And, um, here we are just, just, uh, in- insane. They, they started shooting two years ago, August of, um, 19. They started shooting, uh, you know, here in Danbury and, and you know, start producing it. And I mean, it's just, you know, COVID kind of pushed back the release of the series and, It's just been insanity ever since.
1: They say everything happens for a reason, though, right? So I was wondering, because I was always wondering, like, shit, did you were you filming back then knowing that one day you wanted to have your own show or how did that all or was that just like your Snapchat
0: footage? no that was it's so funny how it works out so i you know i always growing up i used to love the video camera so i would always i'd be that annoying little kid at the parties with the video camera getting in your face and (laughs) me too like aj you know aj get away from me i was like a flea you know and i just always (laughs) enjoyed like um like my mom since birth I, i mean we have me and my sister candace we have all our home videos from like birth to the day so it's like um As I get older, I just appreciate it so much more having this footage, you know, um, from literally birth, 1986 to 2021, we have footage. And I don't know, like midway through the first year of the Trashers, I'm like, let me bring the, you know, I knew there was going to be a big fight one night. So I'm like, let me bring my camcorder. And I filmed it. It was actually, you know what? I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was John Morassi's first game as a Trasher. I brought the camera and, um... We were playing the Elmira Jackals, and I just filmed it. And uh, he got his first fight. He ran their goalie, and he fought someone, I forget who. And uh, I watched it, me and my buddies, and I was like, this is kind of cool. Let me just start bringing this to the games. And I would be, you know, obviously not the whole game, but I would be taking clips. I don't know why it was a pain in the ass to lug the thing around, but (laughs) like you said, I mean, like you said, I mean, it it, it, – played a huge part in this documentary. So it's insane to think like something so innocent turned into such a key, key moment for us. And
1: that's how I'm always that guy with the video camera at Mike's lacrosse games, like trying to record any fights they can get, or I'm always yeah. Snapchat, Snapchat in the parties, trying to just document
0: everything for one day. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. And, um, you know, I just, it's crazy. The whole thing is crazy. I keep using I, people. People have been criticizing me on my podcast because, like, I use the word crazy a lot, but that's the only word I can think of. You know, they're
2: like, oh, he says crazy a lot. I'm like, the whole freaking thing is crazy. I don't know what else to say about it. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) And then uh, back to your uh, 11th birthday in your backyard uh, with all the wrestlers. Uh, How cool is that? And, like, did you have any idea? Were you just shocked? And how did they get paid, by the way? Well, so my dad was friendly. There was an old-time
0: professional wrestler named Captain Lou Albano. He um, lived in the area and my dad was friendly with him and, and, you know, Lou's father. So he knew the Albanos from way back. And so I guess that year was what, 97, I guess the WWF had a house show in new Haven, um, the day the night of my birthday party. So, you know, Lou, Lou was able to, you know, accommodate it. And, uh, you know, look, I don't know what my dad paid, but I'm sure he had to pay something, but uh, it, was, it was really cool. And, uh, and My dad can't keep a secret, so initially it was supposed to be a surprise, but the night before he kind of told me, and I, again, I, I kind of was like in shock, so I don't know if I believed him anyway, and, and when they started walking, I mean, just like you saw in the documentary, when they walked through the gate, like into our pool, I was like, yep, it, Billy, it was just, "Billy, Billy Gunn, you had Billy yeah. Gunn,
1: the honky-tonk man, Triple H, China.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, right, it, it was right before, honestly, it was like, six months or so right before all those guys like blew up, before there was like um Degeneration X and um yeah. Nation and Domination. You know, you know, The Rock and and uh you know it was like literally right before they all like blew up. So it's so cool to like go back and, and have that footage and uh you know I'm I'm very grateful for it.
1: We we actually interview a lot of wrestlers as well. We've had on like Eric Bischoff We've oh, had, a, nice. we've. Kurt Angle's been on. The Godfather's been on. Savio Vega's been on. Al yeah. Snow. has been on.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. No, I mean wrestling to this day is a huge part of my life. I mean, uh, wrestling growing up. I mean, I was convinced I was going to be a wrestler. I mean, that was my whole life was wrestling growing up. You know.
2: Yeah. As a kid, uh, you must have been laughing your ass off too, seeing uh, China smash those hamburgers, eh? Oh, listen. People think I'm
0: exaggerating about that. I mean, she, she just, I mean, like, like a pelican, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, it was like, it was like, it was like literally like, just, I don't even know if she tasted it. It. Was, I don't know if she was chewing. She just was just housing. And uh, it was so funny. It was so funny to, to watch. I remember being like fixated on it. And I'd be like, she'd be going up there and you know, the line and she'd have, you know, she'd have her dish and, She'd be putting like three, four at a time. It was crazy. <laughs> uh,
1: until I, until we watched the show recently, I, I'd forgotten how we all dressed back in two thousand and four. And then yeah. you know, when I seen, I used to have the baggy jeans, the hat on sideways, the oversized jerseys. Yeah, the old lugs jeans and boots.
0: Yep. Oh, please, you, you
1: still dress that way, Ryan? What are you talking about? I, I just don't <laughs> have the, I just don't have the baggy jeans.
0: <laughs> yeah no i've been getting you know oh my god the the kids have been in my gym here the the young kids have been killing me about it but i'm like listen it was how it was back then you guys were everything too tight we wore everything too big that's just how yeah, it is
1: that's for sure and it was all like i remember I was, one of the questions i didn't write down was how many shady shirts did you have because remember
0: oh man i so so here's a fun fact i never really liked eminem Okay. Because everyone, everyone used to say, "Oh, you look just like Eminem," and I'm just like, "Oh God, don't tell me that." So I, I, I never, I never, I never like. I think just because I never friggin' you know tried to, um, I never bought his stuff because I didn't want to hear it from people. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey. Yeah, I was gonna hit you. Any uh, any other interactions that you can tell us about with the wrestlers? We're just huge wrestling fans. I love hearing the stories. No, I mean,
0: you know, like I said, we actually went to the event in New Haven, the house show after my birthday, and we sat front row. It was me, my my my, you know, my two but my two like best friends at the time, my sister. We went and uh, yeah, man, it was fun because we got to go backstage. We met uh, who did we meet? We met uh, Mick Foley, which was awesome. Uh, we met uh, Terry Runnels, yeah. uh, Gold Dust, the Headbangers, Ken Shamrock. I mean, it was like. I was in heaven. I mean, it was like, um, you know, you, you, you at the time, you look up to these guys like, like gods almost, you know? And it was like to meet them and they look like regular guys, you know, in their street clothes and stuff. It was, uh, it, it was weird. It's weird when you only see them as like wrestlers and then you see them like as regular people, you know? It, 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 was, it was super weird, but yeah, you couldn't tell me anything after my birthday. I thought I was on top of the world, you know, meeting these guys, thinking we're like best friends now. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And that every that was the whole
1: like when you first realized the kayfabe, right? The Yes. Yeah, so, where you realize oh, yeah. they got characters to play and then outside of that they can go back to being normal.
0: Yeah, well that's you know, like I've been saying, I I I've told the story a few times with, yeah. with Triple H. Um you know, all the guys that came to the birthday were pretty much baby faces except for Triple H. So you know, at the show, they're all in action. They came around. They slapped us five. You know what I mean? Billy Gunn gave me a hug after he won the fight, you know, won the match. And, uh, you know, Triple H comes and, and uh, you know, he's, he's Hunter Hearst Helmsley at the time. So he's like the, you know, snob. And yeah, he's walking slowly around the ring with China, And, uh, you know, I, like I said, he, he can't, you know, I, I had my hand out like, hey, you know, how you doing? You know, we were just hanging out, you know. You know, playing with super soakers and stuff, you know what I mean? We we're, we're, were hanging out, yeah. and uh, he came right up and uh, he got right in my face, yeah, you know, big schnoz of his. And he was just like, Uh, you kids already had your time with us, sit down and shut your mouth. Or, and I was just like, <laughs> I was devastated. I mean, I was telling people, I was damn, I mean, he broke my heart. He, I was devastated. I, and I was just like, What the hell's going on? Like, we we, we were just friends, like, what's the story? And um, no man, I I, I learned I, like you said. I learned a lot from that, and I, I it just made me respect the, that business that much more because I'm like, you know what, you know, he could have broke character and slapped me five or something, but you know, he uh, he, he did his know- thing,
1: and he is known for breaking character, of course. The MSG night where him and Scott oh Hall, yeah, curtain call, yeah,
0: that yeah, the curtain call, so. curtain call, yeah. No, I I um no, lot lot of lot of respect for them,
1: and how good are you still at NHL? Cause you play the hockey game, right?
0: Oh God, I got to get back on it. You know, um, now I'm getting challenged all the time. Like online people <laughs> are hitting me up. I don't know how good I am. I'm old school. I play on the computer against the computer. Like if a friend comes over, I play them. Like I don't play like online. I, I, I see how serious it is. Yeah, no like, shit. Oh my God. I was like, I, I remember when it was like NHL 94. It was like, you just do a, do just do a wraparound guaranteed yeah. goal type of thing. But, um, no, I, I've been – a few people have been asking me about possibly doing, like, a Trasher's Online League or something like that, and uh, you never know, man. I mean, there's a – but I don't – you know, I don't – put you know, I take all – you know, I think the only I, – I take icing off. I take, you know, penalties off. I think we leave off sides <laughs> just to have something authentic. But um, – You make no, a beer league. It's almost like beer <laughs> league. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if they got a league like that online, I'll be down. But if I got to follow rules and like, you know, play authentically, like chip the puck off the boards and stuff, I'm going to get bet,
1: I bet there's actually a shit ton of teams called the Trashers now on NHL. Online oh, that would somewhere.
0: be hilarious. Yeah, that would be, I might have to post about that and see what comes up. That would be cool to see.
2: <laughs> uh who's the highest paid player on Dansbury? I know there was like Gretzky, obviously Rob Wingfield. Like uh, who, who the highest paid? Would you say?
0: Mm,
1: Dave.
2: yeah i'll tell you like
0: this so i whether people believe me or not I, I i was a starting pitcher right so i started the game i found the players we thought we would need and, and my dad was the closer right so however he closed the deal he closed the deal i never I, and honestly i never dealt too much with the um finances of it but i would say you know if you want to go on a on a, a game by game basis, probably some of the guys that didn't play full seasons. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, maybe a guy like Mike Rupp. You know what I mean? Um, because he really technically played like sixteen games with us or something, including the playoffs. So I don't know. I mean, uh, it's uh, you know, I I'm not naive. There was some numbers being thrown around,
2: but but truthfully, I, I couldn't tell you to be honest with you.
0: Who you? and who?
2: Go ahead, Mike. Sorry I interrupted. No, I was just going to say, uh, who are you closest with still uh, with those guys that played uh, for
0: you? I mean, I was just talking to John Morassi right before I hopped on here, and uh, you know, Brad Wingfield, of course. I mean, he became like a brother to me, and uh, you know, you lose touch with guys, obviously, but but the nice thing, you know, I'm not a huge social media person on a personal level. I do it for business, but what's nice about it is being able to interact and, you know, interact with a lot of the trashers that Frankly, um, you know they weren't in the documentary, and uh, you know they feel so proud to have been part of this team and this legacy. It's like a badge of honor now. So I, I'm just happy, you know. I'm grateful whether you you you, you lace up the skates one game with us or that you play two full seasons with us. You know, I, I'm I'm just grateful for everyone that was, uh, you know, part of this part of this team and part of this legacy.
2: Mike, one there of the was fa- that one guy one of, from yeah, around I here that cr- was on the team, yeah. right? I was just going to say that one of my favorites on your team that you guys signed was uh, Garrett Burnett. And he's uh, he's from like five minutes from where me and Ryan are from. So. So as Garrett Burnett, if you see him about when he used to sleep at my house. OK. And this
0: guy, you know, he's built like a, a shit brick house. Right. So he's a, I mean, he's a monster. I mean, he's a yeah. wrestler type. And I remember for like two months he stayed at my house and um, this guy would come home all hours of the night right? You know, the supermarket, you go to the market, you get those big rotisserie chickens. Yeah. Okay. This guy would come in. Okay. Like a football with two of them. Right. <laughs> not to share, not to share with me. <laughs> and like a, like an animal, like a caveman be eating it with his hand. Two of them. <laughs> He'd walk in at two in the morning. I mean, he was like a son to my mom for too much. My mom would have to yell at him like, stop coming home so late. And you know, he he be coming with his rotisserie. I'll never forget it. And he would just be, you know, just just grease all over his hands, just just eating like. And, uh, he he's the best. I love Garrett, and uh, he
2: was uh, man, what a monster! Oh yeah, he uh, he played a little bit of lacrosse out here too. Uh, after he was done with hockey, they signed him to play for the Salmon He's the pro lacrosse league out here. And uh, yeah, he did some damage. It was fun watching him. What a unit! That would have been
0: something to watch. That that guy is uh, that's a big boy. Now that's a legitimate big boy. That that guy is um, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean, it's all that chicken. Because I'm telling you, I would see him two in the morning come home and just eating thousands of calories. It's insane. That's that, awesome. That George the jersey in the background. We had him on the show. Oh, yeah, I got my buddy. My uh, I did his. I did a radio show with him in Montreal last weekend. Okay. Um, you know, the funny thing is we almost signed him during the lockout. So oh, really? Two, yeah, so 2004 went, you know, the lockout was like not officially a full season lockout yet. So we got Mike Roth for half the season, and then when the lockout became official for the entirety of that year we i tried to we tried to sign Georges and donald brashear at the same time Sweet. and we just wanted we just wanted to be able to roll out like a video game like line of like Georges larac donald brashear we had steven pete for a few games from the washington capitals yeah. and uh you know we were trying to make like video games a reality you know because that's how i used to be growing up you, you'd stack you know i'm a devils fan so i'd stack new jersey with all the all the enforcers there. there you <laughs> That's go. We had, awesome.
1: We just had Kent Danico on a couple n- last week.
0: Oh yeah, Kenny. He uh, I used Tough to love guy. watching him. Never met him, but I l- used to love watching him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would always keep him on the team. Obviously, I, you know, Scott Stevens was like an idol to me. Yeah, he wasn't a huge fighter, but just laying people out. I mean, Scott Stevens, Kent Danico. I mean, those guys. Um. You You know, a a different breed of guys, you know, you don't see it as much anymore.
2: That's for sure. You never never forget those. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. I was just saying, I haven't had Gretzky on your team. uh, Did you ever get the chance to meet the great one? No, never met Wayne, but met the father.
0: I met Mr. Gretzky. I mean, he actually, he flew in for the first game ever with the trashes. He sat up in the box with us and uh, it was funny. We, We went out to dinner the night before with, with, um, you know Brent Gretzky's mother and father, and not just such nice, good people. But no, never, never met Wayne, never you know spoke to him. But um, you know Mr. Gretzky, Mrs. Gretzky, great, great people.
1: Yeah, Walters known as like the perfect cult, the perfect Canadian hockey dad,
0: right? Oh, yeah, I mean that's that's like straight out of Central Casting. There, I mean he's perfect.
1: Do you have a dream wrestling match if you could have one?
0: Me versus Triple H at WrestleMania. <laughs> Okay. He, <laughs> I love it. He, he hurt my feelings as an 11 year old. And I've been bottling this up till two You know, I mean, if you guys got wrestling connections, I mean, we have to make this happen. I I mean, he, he almost made me cry at the new Haven Coliseum in 97. It, and, uh, you know what? I'm down to take a pedigree. I'm down to be a heel. You know, I'm down to, you know, whatever. That's my dream. The, I told the,
1: people, That reminds me of that scene from super bad where they're like, Oh,
0: people don't forget. Yeah, no no no. I that's my dream match. Me versus Triple H, it could be like a seven second match. You know, I, I envision it, we, we face off and you know, I slap him, and then you know, he just pedigrees me, pits me, and we're out of there. I don't even I don't need need I don't need money. That's nothing to me. I, I want my I want
2: my I want my in ring moment. <laughs> <laughs> how many uh, how many of the scraps do you think uh were actually like premeditated by uh you and Jimmy? Oh
0: boy. I mean uh <laughs> Well we got in trouble for using the cell phone at the time. You know, we did have the cell phone. We had a couple like we would always have a <laughs> allegedly we'd have some cell phone stashed on the bench with the water bottles, but allegedly obviously. But um <laughs> you know, when 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 there was when we got kind of the uh when we got fined for doing that, um you know, it was like we were throwing up gang signs. I mean, we we had like hand signals. I mean, it was like we had a deaf hockey team. We were throwing up hand signals, and uh, me and Marassi always had like this little um, we had this code, and um, you know, you flash a number, and he goes out there, starts chirping. I mean, it's just unbelievable to think about. Like that's what was happening for real, and uh, that's that's what was happening. I mean, I was like that little asshole kid up chirping the other team, and finally, I love that quit- shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tried to, listen, I tried to play that heel role because I knew when it came out that my dad bought the team and I was going to be involved, I knew everyone was going to get on me about being spoiled or this and that. And I knew I was going to get shit regardless. So I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to, if people are going to be on me anyway, I might as well play it up. So I we amplified the whole thing. I mean, I, no, listen, what you saw was me. I mean, that was authentically me but i amplified it you know and uh oh man so many opponent you know opposing players you know flipping me off from the bench i'd be you know i we would we would be i mean just you know you know every once in a while like trying to throw you know drop skittles on these guys you know during warm warmups and like just you know stupid stuff yeah. and um, you know just just such a dick thing to do but that's what we were doing
1: that's how i played beer league hockey man so that's how i played too i my goal celebration is John Cena's You Can't yes. See Me right in the yeah. goalie's face. I'm known for running the goalie. One time I scrapped the goalie and I threw his helmet into the stands. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've always played like Theo Fleury or Claude
0: Lemieux.
1: I always Oh, played-
0: Claude Lemieux. That was a favorite of mine too, Claude Lemieux. I mean, you know, I love – I mean, obviously I love the tough, legit tough enforcers, but guys like Claude Lemieux, Sean Avery – Mm-hmm. Those are heel care to me. Those are heel wrestlers. Yeah, and I mean, Sean Avery. We got we're this close, this close to getting him at the trade deadline and uh the 405 season. This close, and to this day, that's the only regret that I ever have with that team is we somehow I don't remember why, but it just didn't go through. It's probably better for his career it didn't go through because Lord knows what we would have been doing. Lord <laughs> knows. <laughs> but the,
1: the one little the one little trick is you got to walk. Through the opponent's bench, like in beer league, and he drops sand.
0: Oh yeah! yeah. So then they. Well, I was. I was. If we. If we would have
2: known you back then, we probably could have paid for some ideas. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) And uh, I. I read about your guys' equipment manager too. Uh, He was pretty good at doing some pranks. I heard uh, soaking the jerseys. The opposing team and. Yeah, and turning the turning the heat on in the rink and stuff like that.
0: Oh, I mean. It was like. It was like middle school sleepovers. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, when you're up with your buddies, you're you're all hopped up on Mountain Dew or something, and you just... The dumbest, stupidest <laughs> things you can think of is what we tried to do. And we would sit there and think of ideas and what would be funny and this and that, and, you know, uh, allegedly, like, Visine in the water to make these guys shit. You know, I mean, anything. Anything. We were just... um it's just—it was like a middle school sleepover. That was the Danbury Trashers. I mean, just any funny thing,
2: stupid prank. Even if it didn't land or wasn't funny, we would try it anyway. We were always trying to one up each other. But I gotta give you—I gotta give you props, though. As a seventeen-year-old, you built a hell of a hockey team. So, uh, would that be a dream of yours in your future? Ever doing that again, or what? Oh man, I've been asked that a million. I don't know. I mean, look, look, look.
0: Hockey's different. You know what I mean? I mean. I, I had no experience when we did this. And again, you know, I I appreciate all the credit I get, but it's a total team effort. We had a great team in general, you know, behind the scenes. And, you know, I I don't know. I mean, you never know what happens, but I know I don't don't think I don't think I don't think any Lee's looking to bring in AJ Galanti to to run Sting. I mean, I I don't know what would happen. I mean, uh, it would be it would be pretty funny. Bring you in to run my beer league team. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you know what we? You know what I, I would ha- probably have more fun with that anyway. I mean, that probably fits the bill better than uh, you know actual ice hockey nowadays.
1: Yeah, you could probably still play on my beer league team.
0: <laughs> hey,
1: uh, one thoughts on the taking over right now and that that CM Punk pop the other t- a couple of well, weeks That back. was,
0: that was a, you know, listen, that was a big one. I mean, uh, here's the thing: Vince McMahon to me is a genius. And again, sometimes I wonder if he has something to do with AEW. Now, I'm not saying he does, but, you know, listen, my father, what a lot of people don't know, going into our second season, my father was close to buying our rival, the Adirondack Frostbite. And he was going to make my sister, who was four years younger than me, the GM of that team. (laughs) So he just thought, listen, it's just going to amplify everything to just a whole nother level. Because we were like Yankees, Red Sox, us and Adirondack. So, sometimes I wonder, because I I know people like Vince McMahon, my father, like I know how they think. And sometimes I wonder if Vince has something to do with AEW. Um, You know, I I don't know. But I tell you, if he doesn't have something to do with AEW, then... He's in trouble. Honestly, I got to tell you, if he has nothing to do with it legitimately, this is obviously, this is is definitely a threat. A hundred percent big threat. So we'll see, but you know what competition makes people elevate. it's just like with our boxers here, you know, when, when, when one of our guys is fighting a lesser type of opponent, they seem to stoop down to that level. But when there's a little fear there, when you look across the ring and see someone that's undefeated or, you know, they're a prospect, it elevates them. So, you know, I think it's going to be good for the wrestling business in general, you know, because listen, it's gotten a little stagnant. There's no competition really. And, uh, But I don't know. Like, there's a little
2: part of me that thinks Vince has uh, something to do with it. But only time will tell. Exactly. Uh, Who would you say your favorite uh, sports franchise, football and hockey? Oh, I mean, Yankees. I mean, New York Yankees.
0: I mean, I have partial season tickets to the Yankees. Yankees are my team, you know, before they were a dynasty. See, a lot of people think, like, I was going to games before they became something. You know what I mean? Like the early '90s when they were trash. You know, uh, Yankees. Uh, the Raiders are my team. You know, back Oakland, then LA, then Oakland, now Vegas. You know, it's hard to say the Vegas Raiders, but the Raiders, um, New York Knicks. Uh, you know, New Jersey Devils. Those are those are my team. But if, if I had a gun to my head, I had to pick one. It's it's Yankees all the way. So. Obviously there's that
1: Drake story, which you probably have told a thousand times now. Um, uh, but also I seen Fabulous also had the jersey on a couple nights ago. Um yeah. where
0: does one go about getting my hands on one of those jerseys? <laughs> I want it well, on I my wall. Po- I just I just posted right before I hopped down with you guys that um I just finally I mean I made it. well let me start by saying I did not expect this Netflix thing to take off the way it has so far. I did not expect the Drake thing to happen. I didn't anticipate fabulous, you know. As a matter of fact, this is the frame where I gave Drake, you know, my jersey was in this frame. <laughs> and I had to break it, I had to break it open to get it to him. But uh listen, in no way was I you know, I knew we would come back and sell some jerseys in time, maybe around Christmas time, but I, I, w- I was not prepared for the demand. So I, I actually the past week and a half been talking to a former um NHL vet Andy Sutton. Yeah. Um who who I was always a fan of. He's my type of player, big tough D man, you know, six foot six, just a monster. I used to think I was him. You know, when I played, I used to think I was six six. I'm not even six foot. So um, you know, he's got a great company, uh, Verbero Hockey. They're like an up and coming hockey brand. And you know what? We we came up with an agreement. They're gonna be like our right now our exclusive uh jersey partner. And um we we're, we're because of Drake and Fabulous, we're gonna we have a pre-order going tomorrow through Thursday for the number seventeen Galante jerseys. That's what I want. And we're also gonna we're also gonna have in the coming weeks, you know, custom customization options, um different players. I'm working with Brad Wingfield and all these guys. We're gonna we got a lot of stuff coming, but the jerseys was the first thing we had to bang out quick. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be 200 bucks. It's going to be affordable. It's going to be full, you know, embroidered, you know, stitched, tackle twill, um, legit jerseys. Um, I, I got to check. I think there's a fight strap, too. So we're, we're trying to make it as authentic as possible. I mean, a lot of people thought because of Drake, we were going to sell the jerseys for 500 plus. But um, no, nah, we got to keep it we keep it fair. And uh, I-, I love Andy Sutton. I love his company. I like the fact his company is kind of like up and coming and like an underdog. You know, they're not like the CCMs or the Bowers. They're yeah. they're an up and coming, up and coming company. And and I want to help. Hopefully, the Trasher brand can help build them up as underdogs. You know, and that's that's uh, that's important to me.
2: How has the transition been for you, going from the hockey team to now the boxing guy? Wow, I mean,
0: boxing is a whole another level of insanity i mean hockey is nice because you pay your league dues um you get your schedule and that's all you got to worry about is compiling your team and and doing what you got to do to win boxing it's the wild wild west i mean there's no schedule um i went into boxing thinking it was going to be like the trashers i'm going to scoop up all these high level guys we're going to start taking over you got a politic. It's, it's, it's a, it's a total chess game. You have to know people, you have to play the game. You have to kiss ass sometimes. Um, that was a total transition for me because with the trashers, I mean, we never went to an owner's meeting. I mean, we didn't care. We pay our league dues, you give us our schedule and we're coming to take over, you know, with boxing, I learned very quickly, you could get iced out of the business real quick. So, you know, you have to, you have to move a little differently Um, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a sellout or anything. I'm not sitting there having dinner with people, but you know, you have to, you have to, you have to know what you're doing. You have to have the right contacts and, uh, it's tough. I mean, you could work with a boxer. Um, he may not have a fight for a few months. I mean, you may have a fight where you have a six week training camp. He's working like a dog dieting, sparring. Then you get to the weigh in and the guy misses weight and you don't have a fight. You don't get paid. So it's a total it's been, I've been in boxing now 10 and a half years. So it's been a total 180, but, um, you know, I'm learning it. You gotta be a little nuts to be in this business. And I mean, clearly I'm a little nuts, so it's working out. On
1: the, on the show, when you were all in your suit on that opening night, your first boxing match, I I thought to myself, I'm like, you kind of look like Paul, Paulie Heyman from the old ECW days.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, I love Paul Heyman, but I grew up with Jim Cornette. See, Jim Cornette, to me, with the tennis racket, he was the first guy that I thought just brilliant on the mic. You know, total, you know, southern heck. I mean, just a perfect heel manager. And Paul Lee, obviously, I mean, I don't know who I would choose to be my manager. I mean, I love Jim Cornette. That guy w- could cut a promo with, with the best of them. But Paul Lee, too. I mean, uh, you know, Paul Lee's a Northeast guy, so I, I probably have more in common with him, but either you can't go wrong with either one of those guys.
1: Who is one of your wrestlers then right, right now that you're a big fan
0: of? Um, you know, listen, it, it's a shame because I think they're both gone now, but I think they dropped the ball on Braun Strowman and, and Bray Wyatt. I mean, yep. they're going Bray to AEW. I mean, Bray Wyatt. I mean, when Bray Wyatt first came, I mean, that was the most, I was like, that brought me back to, like, mankind, you know what I mean? In the mid-'90s, like, yeah. kind of freaks you out a little bit. I don't know, you know, again, it's easy for me to sit back and, and say what I think. I don't know what's really going on behind the scenes, but I don't know. I, I think they dropped the ball on both those guys. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed, like, when, when I knew they were coming up, I would be tuning in, you know what I mean, I, especially Bray Wyatt.
1: Yeah, and okay. Braun. I I think Braun Strowman they really dropped the ball for sure. A oh, guy I mean, that's a guy and,
0: that size, like you know. I mean, and that's and that's what they usually like is guys like that. Yeah. So you know they always like those big body guys. So I was really shocked. I mean, but again, who knows? I mean, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. If Could he was be a you cancer
1: know, in the dressing room,
0: you know exactly. I mean, you know, there was times where we didn't bring certain players back, and people would want to know why, and you know, you don't know what's going on, but I don't know, man. Those two. Sometimes people come through the door where you have to really screw it up, and I just think they drop. I mean, unless there was something major going on behind the scenes, I think they dropped the ball.
1: Either I think they those two might show up in AEW as a tag team, or is it def I'm thinking Bray Wyatt shows up and he's the leader of the Dark Order, which will take yeah. over for his friend that died. Um, fuck, I can't remember the name the guy that died. I know you ta- Yeah,
0: I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was- mean, you don't know. You don't. You just don't know. I mean, um you know I don't watch AEW as much if I see it I'll tune in i mean i like the kid i like the kid that uh cm Punk when he first came was talking about what's his darby name?
1: darby allen
0: yeah him i like him i like him um he's got a a certain vibe but look to him so i, I yeah i like him um you oh, know
1: that's a good that's a good pacific northwest guy just like yeah
0: and actually actually Corey Graves used to train out of my gym oh oh really? um, cool. Yeah, when Corey Graves, a few years ago, he moved uh, like two towns over from Danbury, and he walked in one day. I was like, what the hell? And uh, he, he came in with his son, and he's, and he's like, yeah, I want to sign. You know, a really nice guy would come in, you know, hit the bags and stuff, and, you know, you'd
2: see him maybe once a month. He was always all over the place, but a re- really cool guy. Did, uh, did the Atlanta Thrashers actually want to play you guys, or was that just a rumor? No, the Atlanta Thrashers had nothing to do with it. The NHL tried to sue us. Um, you know after the first
0: season and um they they basically they sent like a cease and desist like they wanted us to change our name because of all the press we were getting people were confusing thrashers trashers and and, you know whatever so eh, you know they they basically were trying to tell us to change the name you know and and Um, we didn't want to change the name and Basically, you know, the brain trust of me and my father decided to send a formal challenge to the NHL. We're like, "Hey, listen, we'll bring them in for an exhibition. Let's play for the name." If if you know, take it back to, you know, backyard rules, you know? All right, we'll take it we'll take it to the street. So, we want to play for the name and uh we would have lost the game, but we would have tried to beat the hell out of these guys, you know? We had some tough <laughs> Listen, they had some tough guys too, but we had some tough guys. So, yeah, they would have beat us on the scoreboard, but we would have sent a message, you know? I mean, the NHL had a hard-on for us from the start because we didn't want to be an affiliate to an AHL team. Like, um, you know, I know there were some discussions with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. They wanted us to be, like, below them with the Islanders. And we were like, no, nah, we want to do our own thing. Like, we don't, we don't want you to tell us who you're taking from our team on a weekly basis. You know, no, nah, screw you. So I think from that point on, they kind of had a hard-on for us. And then, you know, as they're going through a lockout and they look bad and here we are being a disgrace to hockey, yet we're gaining more fans. I think they tried to, like, I think they Believe were trying
2: that. to
0: squash us a little and that wasn't going to happen, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, obviously obviously, it didn't happen. Uh, you know, lucky for them, you know, we only lasted two years. But, no, that's a true story. Yeah, Atlanta had nothing to do with it. It was, it was the NHL that, that seemed to have a hard on.
1: And I was—I heard in one of your interviews you said that you, luckily, last year you went and copyrighted or trademarked the Thrasher's logo and stuff. How smart was that? Now that you uh, got this shit blowing up and your jerseys are coming back, and I say yeah, that with I all mean, my biz, bu- all my businesses too. It's like as soon as you have the idea,
0: copyright that shit so no yeah, one else can. You, you have to. I mean, um, I mean, still, I'm seeing bootleg stuff that's out there, and you know, you try to police it as much as you can. But you're never going to stop, you know, there's somebody in India right now making a trasher shirt. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. hey, you can police it all you want. You're never going to get them all. So you just try to police it your best you could. But, hey, listen, you know what? You can't knock the hustle. God bless them. If they could get away, you know, hey, I'm happy for them. But, you know, you, you try to you try to police it as best you can.
1: Mike, I got one more. If you know, yeah, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. OK, um, what does loyalty mean to you? Loyalty to me, oh, that's, I see what you did there. That's, that's a good one. That, 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 loyalty is, you know what? Loyalty to me is, you know, you, 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 you no questions asked. You could have your eyes closed. You could be in another country and you know that I got your back. Um, you know that if you ask me to do something, it's done. No questions asked. Uh, you don't have to worry about me with your girlfriend or your wife or something like that basically you could you could go blind and never have to worry about me that's that's loyalty
1: perfect
2: and uh aj i just want to thank you uh so much uh for taking the time for us be coming on obviously we're big fans of you and uh huge fans of the trashes now that we've seen the show and uh we're definitely going to be looking into getting some jerseys here and uh, hopefully get a photo signed by you on our wall here No, a hundred percent, man. Anything,
0: you know, like I said, I I appreciate the support. It's been overwhelming and humbling. And, uh, no, I really appreciate it. Looking for the most beers on tap. Great steaks great staff head over to the john b pub we got
1: the best beers steaks chicken wings nachos in town come see us at the john b pub the john b pub the best bar in town come sign up for our football pool say hey st
0: you the number one sports podcast in vancouver with ryan hayes and big mike ryan hayes and big mike
2: I never stop I only touch greatness podcast For the most beers on tap,
0: great steaks, great staff, head over to the John B. Pub. We
1: got the best beers, steaks, chicken wings, nachos in town. Come see us at the John B. Pub. The John B. Pub, the best bar in
2: town. Come sign up for our football pool. Say hey, St. You.